Welcome to Pop Psych 101, where we, licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad and licensed psychologist Dr. Haley Roberts, break down and analyze how mental health is represented in movies, shows, books, and across the pop culture and social media landscape. We will determine what lines up with real life and what is just pop culture fantasy. This is Pop Psych 101. Welcome back to Pop Psych 101. I am licensed therapist Ryan Engelstad, here as always with my co-host, Dr. Haley Roberts. Hello, hello. Hello, Haley. And I know you are excited for today's episode because it is spooky season, Mm -hmm. your favorite time of year. I mean, I do like spooky season. Right. On on the face of it. Yeah. But because we hear... Lantern and some candy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but because we hear a pop psych, you know, generally go into the movies and shows of the season, mm-hmm. in this spooky season, that would require us to dive into something a little bit scarier, mm-hmm. a little bit spookier. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have both gotten this request specifically asking if we're ever going to do this movie. Yep. And and now it's time. So mm-hmm. we're doing Midsummer today. No, we're not. <laughs> At least we are sort of doing Midsummer. We're doing it in a little bit of a different way. You are and, doing and Midsummer. <laughs> I did Midsummer. <laughs> Haley is going to uh, absorb Midsummer through my experience of it. So, so everybody needs to know that I am a weenie and I cannot do scary movies. Well, right. There's a there's a reframe there. It's not that you're a weenie. I think I'm you have boundaries with <laughs> yes. what you like to be entertained by and what you just don't uh, get any enjoyment out of. And I think that's perfectly fine. It's because I'm a weenie. <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, we wanted to honor those boundaries, but we still wanted to try to find a way to do this movie, which has been requested yeah. to us. So mm-hmm. I've seen Midsummer several times, and Haley is going to ask me questions about it and mm-hmm. learn all about the the plot and the characters and the themes throughout through my watching. Yeah. So, so we figured that as a therapist, people come in with their story that they're well versed in that they've experienced and as the therapist, I only know what they tell me about it. And so when we were considering doing a spooky season movie, I was like, well, you know, we could do it like this because it does kind of mirror the therapy experience a little bit. And so we're going to try it out and see if I can use my therapy skills in the podcast. Yes, I'm very excited because um, I just get to be the person that is asked questions. Um, And (laughs) I don't have to be the therapist. Obviously, I'll do a little bit of my own self analysis as I had to frequently pause this movie, but I have managed to finish it every time. So yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. If you liked this sort of different format of our show, please let us know. We'd love to hear feedback in case we want to do this again someday in some way, shape, or form. And if not, please let us know that too. If you just want us to go back to normal, (laughs) Never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so we'll keep uh, today's intro brief. Um, Hang out. Uh, After this break, we will dive into Midsummer. Hey, 
Hey everyone, Ryan here. No ad this week, but a quick request. We would love to know where you follow us. So if you wouldn't mind taking 10 seconds while you're listening to today's episode, reach out to us on your social media of choice. Say hi, say what's up, request an episode topic. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the episode. Pop Psych 101 discusses mental health as it is portrayed in pop culture media. And because of this, we often cover sensitive topics that can be triggering for some listeners. We also delve into the characters and plots of these stories, and therefore, spoilers abound. So please, use your discretion as you listen to the rest of the episode. Midsummer is a 2019 folk horror film written and directed by Ari Aster. The film focuses on a dysfunctional couple who travel to Sweden with a group of friends for a midsummer festival, only to find themselves in the clutches of a sinister cult practicing Scandinavian paganism. As one does. Does. (laughs) As one does. (laughs) So that's where we lead off, Haley, with just that sort of really small summary. But Mm -hmm. we did have you watch the trailer. So you have some faces to names and and we can kind of hopefully yeah. give you a That's sense of some of who these characters are. One name yeah. well, one name's enough for now. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we decided I would watch the trailer is because when somebody comes to see me for therapy or sees you for therapy, they we either get a referral or in my case at my practice I do a consult phone call. And basically what that is is I talk to somebody for a couple minutes about what's going on, what's bringing you in, why are you reaching out to a therapist? Um, and I get like basic details of what's your story. Yep. And so we figured the trailer would kind of be that. It would be the bare bones of what's your story. Mm-hmm. And it would be kind of like the consult phone call for for this movie. So one thing that I want to ask you is, do I tell you what my notes were from the the thing? Sure. Or yeah. do so, you so just start you? and then I... No, I actually okay. like that because I think that is an important thing that maybe most people don't know about therapists, which is what do we do with that very minimal information, information right? Yeah. Because I, I similarly, because I get all my work is, is virtual now. So I basically get like a little profile of mm-hmm. a member and it's like, here are their initial scores on these scales. And here's mm-hmm. the, what the reasons that they typed into a form uh-huh. why they came and why they're coming into therapy. And, you know, we certainly use that information to kind of prepare us for that mm-hmm. actual first meeting. So mm-hmm. how would you prepare for yourself kind of knowing uh, what little you got about uh, our, yeah. some of our main characters, which include Danny, played by uh, Florence Pugh? That's the name that I got. <laughs> yes. yes. So I think, firstly, people need to remember that uh, in a trailer, they intentionally don't tell you the main story. You just get some of the pieces. So for me, the notes that I had were relationship struggles, uh, miscommunication, misunderstanding. Sweden was my next one. Sweden, yeah. Trauma experience, dot, 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 because you see mm-hmm. that that Danny has some kind of emotional struggle, that, but they don't tell you what it is. Uh, my next mm-hmm. question was, who's the main character in this story? So it was unclear to me whether it was Danny or whether it was the her partner um because it focuses on him in the beginning but then it kind of maybe switches to her the other two notes that i have are unclear expectations so there's a lot of questioning Mm. around what's going on 
did you know that this was going to happen? Why did you invite us here? That kind of stuff. And yep. then consent and boundaries. We want to mm. leave. No, you can't. We need to get out of here. Stuff like that. And then from your review now, I got the word paganism. Yes. So I think the words Sweden and pagan paganism I wrote down because oftentimes it's really important to take into account like cultural aspects of patients. It may end up being nothing for them. It also may mm -hmm. end up being the thing for them. So those are just like keywords that I didn't have any thoughts about, but they stuck out to me. So so that's what I got from that. <laughs> yeah. So so that's a, a really good intro because it kind of sets us up with, okay, so I have all these pieces of the puzzle, but not really knowing how they get from where they begin to mm -hmm. where they end up getting yeah. to, right? Um, so it's interesting because the trailer just sort of alludes to Danny's trauma. Mm -hmm. So that is the first thing that actually happens in the movie is okay. sort of we meet Danny and you know, she is concerned about her sister and we sort of see some messages being sent back and forth. And as a therapist, this was, uh, you know, we, I try not to use the word triggering lightly, but it was very much set up as Danny's concerned about her sister, doesn't know if she's okay or not. Her uh -huh. sister is leaving very vague messages about wanting to be alive, essentially. Okay. And, you know, her sister's very worried. She talks to her parents. She talks to uh, Christian, who is her boyfriend. Okay. And it's, you know, a very typical scary movie, like Rainy Night. And she's just, like, <laughs> staring into the glow of her computer, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, and then, basically, jump cut to the next day, and we see uh, firemen walking through the house that we find out was both Danny's parents and sister living were living together. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, Danny's sister has committed a murder-suicide. <gasps> of her parents? Uh, yes. Oh, no. So we don't know if it was an intentional, I also want my parents to die, but they died, unfortunately, in their sleep, mm -hmm. carbon monoxide poisoning. But yes, very okay. shocking in terms yeah. of these sort of... Uh, scenes that they show you of like the firemen and police and people recovering bodies and taking bodies out and really yeah. really a rough way to yeah. to start, start this movie. movie off yes yeah. okay so i'm gonna pause yes. you here please yes so i would not interrupt a patient at this point i would let them continue of telling course. the story especially if they were like in a role yeah yeah <laughs> however yeah. i think this is a really cool moment for me to kind of express like how my mind works as a therapist. Mm -hmm. So when I was watching the preview, so in my consult phone call with this movie, there was a line that said, did you do this on purpose? Or like, did you do this all so that we would be come here or something like this? So as you tell me the story where kind of, it seems as though like the thing that's she's got her focus on or that's keeping her in one place is her family my mind goes to like, oh, interesting. I wonder if this is related to, did you do this all to get me here? So currently, I don't have any answers for that. I also don't have any specific questions other than like, are these two things related? However, this early in <laughs> a description or a storytelling or whatever, I would not ask that question. However, as a therapist, I will keep that question in the back of my mind. Um, as we move forward. Yeah, like mental bookmark, sort of like, yeah, how, yeah what like, else is okay, going on like, here? Okay, like, is yeah, this related yeah. to that nugget that they gave me earlier? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so we 
in the sort of aftermath of that, we see Danny uh, being consoled by her boyfriend, okay. Christian, who in, and this is in the trailer as well, her, mm-hmm. Christian's friends are basically like, why are you still with this girl? Yeah. You wanted to break up with her a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then as he's consoling her, it becomes very clear he's not going to break up with her yeah. after she has just gone through this incredible trauma. Yeah. Did we know that they were struggling before this? Uh, there were no signs. Uh, there was actually there was very little uh, shown of them interacting okay. before this, other than okay. like, "Hey, I'm worried about my sister. You know, Got I'm it. sure she'll be fine." So we find out about call. their relationship after we know about the murder suicide. Yes, okay. yes, we find out much more about their relationship afterwards. Yes, okay. yeah. So, so we know from the jump that Christian, you know, even though he's in many ways like committed to Danny, mm-hmm. is sort of in many ways checked out and his friends in particular are like encouraging him to not be with her anymore, Mm -hmm. even knowing all of these things that she's been through. Mm -hmm. So then it comes out that uh, Christian and his group of friends are, have been invited by their mutual friend who I believe his name is Ingmar to uh, come to Sweden. So the uh, Christian and his friends, uh, Mark and Josh, I think at the very least, Josh and Mark are cultural anthropology students, which is not okay. a major. You see a lot in movies, no. but obviously connected to the specific story. Yeah. Um, so they are interested and very excited at the opportunity to go to this yeah. festival that they've been invited to because of their major and, and Josh in yeah. particular is writing a thesis on European Midsummer Festivities. Oh, okay. So he gets to participate in what he's interested in. Is one of them... Oh, I'm blanking now. Cheedy. Cheedy, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. Josh, who is the cultural anthropology major and is writing the thesis, is played by the actor who plays Cheedy on A Good Place. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's a little... Obviously, I, I... I'm a huge fan of The Good Place, so watching Chidi as sort of like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, um, is yeah. is pretty funny. So we see that they're interested in and excited to go on this trip, and then of course because now Danny and Christian are still together, Danny hears about the trip going on and the fact that it's coming up, and shows interest in it. You know, she's obviously just been through this extreme trauma, but she's kind of like. Oh, I didn't realize you were. This was a thing that you were doing, and she's kind of hurt to find out this was a thing that he might have been doing without okay. telling her. And two or three interactions later, he sort of out of guilt for everything that she's been through, offers her the opportunity to come with them, um, despite his friend's sort of discouragement of okay. that invitation. So it kind of seems like he feels guilted into inviting her rather than being like i want to include her because she's struggling kind of like well she's struggling so i can't leave her behind yes it's much more of that flavor because we see as the guys are talking about this trip it's oh all the the swedish women and oh Oh, and this and that and it's sort of very much like this boys trip kind of vibe Mm -hmm. yeah and now with danny coming it sort of shifts you know the the tone of the trip especially as we see her start to have some of her uh, which they show in the trailer, some of her sort of trauma, we might call them, what, like echoes, flashbacks. Um, okay. You know, she is in the plane and is having memories and she has to go into the lavatory and is like, uh, we might say having a panic attack. Like she's still very much in the midst of this traumatic experience. 
Is there some indication of how soon the trip is after the loss of her family? Yes. So I want to say it's within let's say spring semester to summer because it's okay it's basically this happened you know maybe i'm going to say like february march like it's clearly cold and then mm, obviously the summer's happening this festival's happening in the middle of the summer so yeah so less than 6 months um has okay. gone by okay before this uh trip okay. comes up because that you know affects yeah. the the process of grief is is time um and so 100% um, yes. So I think knowing kind of how soon after a big change this is taking place also plays a role in like her mental health and her grief and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like if it was like right after, I'd be like, don't take a trip immediately yeah. after you lose your whole family. <laughs> um, okay. Well, right. And I think, and you can sort of see her, she does, they do show her sort of wrestling with like, is this a thing I should be doing right now kind of thing? Like, I don't okay. know. It's a lot. Um Obviously, this is not just, oh, I'm taking a trip to Paris. This is I'm taking a trip to this village in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Very much a like isolated cultural experience, Mm -hmm. um, which has been framed to this point as like a very unique and exciting opportunity. Yeah. Little did they know. um, Well, it sounds unique and exciting. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Sure. And it's very much like a college thing of like if you told four college boys what they could do they would be unlikely to have a lot of hangups about it. Um, yeah. yeah. And of course, I, I I incorrectly identified their Swedish friend as Pele. His brother uh, is Ingmar um, okay. from the uh, Swedish commune. But yeah, so Pele, and you can see so it's sort of Pe- taking... Uh, Pele is coming with them? Like Pele has invited... America? Yeah, he is... He's from there um, and has been more or less it's implied that he's sort of doing a cultural exchange sort of thing um, and is inviting okay. friends back to the commune um, as okay. part of this festival experience. Yes. Okay. So um, now we know that they're going to go on this trip and mm-hmm. immediately the sort of vibes of, well, what's this relationship going to be like? You know, how are they going to handle this? You know, because certainly without knowing anything, the guys are like, oh, well, how much time are we going to spend in in the city, in Amsterdam? And it's like, here are their expectations. And Pele's immediately like, oh, no, like, we're getting to the airport and we're driving for four hours north, like, up until mm-hmm. the part of Sweden where, like, the sun never sets. Uh-huh. And this is a, an immediately, like, a tone-setting part of this experience where... Yeah. This is going to be unsettling in a way Uh, you did not think it would be. Yeah. You know, so they go on their long road trip and they finally arrive at the commune. So at this point, before we move on, at this point, do you have any thoughts about like their like reactions to their psychology or their state of mind? Like anything that we would normally bring up in one of our regular sessions? Are you having a reaction yet? Um, really, it's just, I mean, just to Danny and Danny and Christian's relationship. Okay. I mean, we, we don't see really enough of the friends to have any sense of like where they're at. Okay. Um, so, so far, we've kind of discussed the themes that you considered anyway, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, this is a relationship that's on the rocks. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they have differing ideas of how on the rocks it is. Okay. Okay. But, so Danny thinks that it's going better than it is 
Well, yeah. So we can imagine why she might, right? When you go through a very traumatic experience and you have, you still have, let's say, whatever your support system still looks like, it's Mm -hmm. reasonable to expect that you might become very attached or even dependent Uh on that support. Got it. And does that seem to be like the main cause of Christian struggles? Is that like she's overwhelming him with emotion yeah it's interesting there's one sort of brief scene uh before they leave for sweden where it's clear danny's like been in bed all day Mm -hmm. and you know christian comes back to check on her and he's like oh i'm going out to a party i'm going to see some people and she's like oh well maybe maybe i'll come and he's like oh are you sure like it's totally fine if you want to stay in bed Mm -hmm. you know so it's not like yeah great glad you're feeling better definitely come out to this party it's more like actually i was fine with you just being here yeah but it's also not saying like actually i need a moment by myself with my friends and i think this is something that we often talk about is you don't need to be your partner's therapist or your friend's therapist or your family member's therapist if you feel overwhelmed by their emotional experience be validating be supportive and say I don't have the capacity or the skill set to help you in the way that you need to be helped. Please mm-hmm. consider calling Ryan or Haley. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting because even I think they in the trailer, uh, I want to say Mark is like she needs a therapist. Mm-hmm, but he says it in um, such and it's, a and sassy way. A, oh my gosh, <laughs> he says it in a in a tone that's like you know she's crazy or uh-huh. she needs uh, you know, but. He's also not wrong. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking was I was like, he said it. He (laughs) just, the way he said it was crappy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Super crappy. Mm -hmm. And that's Mark in a nutshell for you. We're going to go into (laughs) Mark, how Mark gets himself into trouble, but. Okay. Okay, great. So they've taken this road trip and they're headed up where the sun doesn't go down. Where the sun only shines. Yes. Yeah. This time of year. Yes. This time of year. And in the summer. Yes. So, you know, we're we're maybe optimistic that this is going to be good for the relationship or good for everyone. And, of course, um, upon arriving, immediately they are offered mushrooms. Okay. Like psychedelic mushrooms. And they know that that's what they're being offered. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it's very much framed as a way to just sort of like connect with nature as they are coming into this uh, new experience. and. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's a classic sort of peer pressure situation. And, you know, much as the way that you said, is it a good idea to go on a uh, trip to a whole new place after Uh trauma? Like it's (laughs) similarly like, is it a good idea to go on a psychedelic trip? Yeah, to take a trip. You know, after a very Mm -hmm. serious traumatic event. And Danny appropriately is like, I don't think that's a really good idea. Uh, for me. Um, and I think that's a very important part for me, right? Because for yes. some people, that could be a really meaningful way to process their grief. Sure. Under the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. This movie doesn't seem like it's the right circumstances. Unfortunately not. <laughs> and and again, a really good example of this relationship, sort of how they are attempting to connect and support with each other, but really are, are missing the base. Christian mm-hmm. sort of seeing Danny's reluctance is like oh totally fine i won't take them either and a show of solidarity right yeah and support yeah and he sort of offers like oh i could take them later or we can you know do whatever and uh the person who offered 
the mushrooms along with Mark is like, well, then we'll be on completely different timelines and different trips. And like, it, it you know, everyone will be off the whole time. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, that's a terrible idea. Christian and Danny don't take it at different times. So yeah, they're both kind of like way to do this. Yes. So Danny relents and she's like, no, 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 it's fine. I can do it. It's fine. She sort of talks herself into it. No, and they mm-hmm. they didn't. They weren't really peer pressuring Danny as much as they were peer pressuring Christian. Mm-hmm. And Danny, you know, and experiencing that dynamic, mm-hmm. wanting to make it okay for Christian to have this. Yeah, she like she reversed the support, right? Yes, so exactly. like he said, fine, yeah. I won't take it in support of you. So she was like, fine, I will take it in support of you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's where we find this sort of awkward sort of codependency, sort of co-support, sort of dynamic mm-hmm. getting established. And so they take mushrooms. Yeah, I guess you're right there because she easily could have been like, hey, it's okay. I'm not going to do it, but you absolutely can. Like she doesn't have to take them for it, it to be okay for to, him to right. take them, right? Exactly right. Um, And he gets to decide what he does regardless of what she does. That's right. But what you're kind of and what you're kind of setting up is no, there's this kind of like, well, if you do it, I'll do it. Or if you don't do it, I won't do it kind of codependency. Yeah. And meanwhile, you can tell that either one or both of them is uncomfortable as they sort of navigate that decision and and subsequent Mm -hmm. decisions as well. Right. So he's like, are you sure? Meanwhile, he's obviously happy, excited that he gets to take mushrooms in this Mm -hmm. new place and with his friends. And, you know, as we can imagine, she doesn't have a great time on mm-hmm. on mushrooms. It sort of starts innocently enough, you know, she the trees are breathing and she can see the energy coming up from the roots of the tree and, you know, a very sort of stereotypical psychedelic uh, nature uh, experience. experience portrayed as, as they are portrayed in movies and TV mm-hmm. frequently. But Danny quickly gets uncomfortable with this experience mm-hmm. um, partially because it was at this moment and they show this moment in the trailer when Mark is like, why is the sky still blue? Obviously they're all, all mm-hmm. tripping at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's, it's 9 PM. Why is the sky blue? And like paranoia is setting in. So okay. her discomfort is now being felt as a result of this sort of group dynamic starting mm-hmm. to fracture a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so she tries to compose herself and walk away. She walks towards another group where another one of the sort of welcoming people was like, hey, are you okay? And Danny's paranoia was that uh, a group of women uh, mm-hmm. were laughing at her and mocking her. Mm. My first and question is, were they? So it's unclear. Okay. Um, the person who is trying to comfort her is like, that's not what's happening. They're just having a good time. Um, but it's unclear fine. if that's gaslighting or if exactly they truly aren't laughing at her. Right, which starts to become a theme of this place. Is, okay. is what you are seeing accurate really to your happening? perception of it? Or yeah. is it a, a, such a distinct cultural difference that it's something that you're going to have to adapt to? Is right. that both a theme in the movie and as the watcher of the movie? Yes. Okay. You know that yes. I like when movies do that. I, like when they I, I, mirror yes, the character's sure. experience. Yes. <laughs> I'm still not watching it. Yeah, because, you know, I, as a person who's traveled, um, I've certainly found myself in cultures where it's like, 
oh, uh, something's weird or off about this place or my experience of this place. I wonder if that's just weird for me or would this also be weird to someone who's acclimated to this culture, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then you find yourself having to make decisions to, you know, to adapt or not adapt and Mm -hmm. sort of protect yourself within that dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what Danny does is she sort of hears that feedback and is like, okay, like if you say so. And the the guy also mentions like they're all just happy because their family is together for the first time in a long time. They're just laughing oh. and giggling. And she basically hears the word family and oh. sort of has this like uh, this sort of zoom out crisis where mm-hmm. now she runs off to the what is this initially a bathroom. Um, but then she like sees her sister in the mirror in the the bathroom in the the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And then runs out of the bathroom and into the woods. And immediately you're like, Oh my gosh, you've only been here like an hour or two. This is a disaster. Yeah. And then they jump cut to her waking back up basically under the same tree that everybody was under. So either she found her way back in her, we don't know, trauma fugue state, maybe. Uh huh. Or somebody found her and helped get her back. and Or she never left. She was fine. Or she never left. Exactly. Okay. Right. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just their introduction yeah. to this place. They're not even officially at the commune yet oh, at this stage. shoot. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So one thing that I'm thinking, like, from an act perspective, mm-hmm. oftentimes I'll say to people, like, they may be laughing at you. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never know. Even if they tell you that they're not, they might be. Mm-hmm. That's not in your control. What is in your control is how you respond to your thought that they are laughing at you. Yeah. I usually suggest like collect the evidence you can, right? Ask, sure. check, whatever. But they could you could still not get all the evidence. And also the the meaning, right? What meaning are you taking from it? If they are laughing at you, what not, I hate to say what difference does that make, but what meaning does that hold for you if they yeah. are, right? Mm-hmm. Because that could be a very innocent, like, oh, look, a foreigner is stumbling mm-hmm. around while on a mushroom trip. Like, that could that's just funny. be a funny thing. Like, yeah. that's that's not necessarily you are doing something wrong or they're yeah. mocking you. It could just be they are just enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. you know, in a shared space with you, right? And even so, like, if yeah. you have a reaction to it, that's what matters, right? Totally. So what is yeah. your interaction with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. However, you're being gaslighted, potentially, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> well, right. And that that is the tone that's being established of this place is, mm-hmm. I know you think you're seeing something weird, mm-hmm. but this is totally normal. Trust us. <laughs> oh, trust us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't explicitly say that, but it's very yeah. much the the vibe, right? It's mm-hmm. like, this is how we live here. Like you're for the week that you're here, here. that you're a member of our community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it reminded me of when I've worked with people who have had like a culture shock going to, let's say, a new school or after moving or going to college for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that same sort of uh, adaptation, adjustment, Mm -hmm. like, is this normal? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a relatable experience and it's an interesting one as a choice of you know a horror movie right Mm -hmm. because you know we've been set up to 
believe that this is just going to be sort of like an exciting, interesting cultural experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, we are finding out that it's not quite meeting those expectations, at least in the way that they expected. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, okay. so what happens? Any next? other follow-up questions? Yeah, I was gonna Not say. Right so, now. yeah. So we get. So we're basically formally welcomed into the commune. We see everybody in their traditional Swedish commune garb. Mm -hmm. um, we start to see some of the like interpersonal interactions, and it's very much like the opening shots of it are very much like idyllic. Like, look at this beautiful in the hills and the floor, the flowers and everybody's hugging and running around in circles and they do school outside and, mm -hmm. you know, all these lovely, you know, it's very much off the grid. Like there's not an electrical device in sight and all these sorts of things. And even with that, because we've been established with, it doesn't get dark here, right? Immediately mm -hmm. it's like, right, but it's, it's 10 o'clock. So we all need to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been somewhere where the sun essentially doesn't go down? No, and I'm terrified of it, if I'm being totally honest. I think okay. it would really mess with me. Okay. So I have had family that lives in the Shetlands, which mm. is like north of Scotland. Yeah, sure. And we went to go visit them in the middle of summer. And we spent a whole day and we stopped and we got takeout. And then like we got back home and, and we were like, okay, well, now what are we going to do? Yeah. And my aunt literally went, it's 10 at night. And we were like, oh, okay. And it was really weird that first night. And then you go to bed, there's blackout curtains, all that stuff. Of course. You wake up the next morning and it's totally normal. However, the next night, you're actually more used to the fact that the sun and time aren't correlated. Mm -hmm. And it's not as weird the following days. Like you, you pay more attention to you acclimate pretty itself. quickly. Yeah, yeah. sure. But sure. that first night is like, it's very strange. Well, yeah, because I've had, you know, jet lag or I've done, I'm trying to think what trip we were. Like we flew to, it might have been Ireland, mm -hmm. but we took like a late night flight. So we arrived in the morning but we didn't mm -hmm. have a night or what i don't remember exactly uh -huh, how, yeah, what the, yeah. how the hours played out but it was mm -hmm. like all of a sudden we were very tired but it was the middle of the day and mm -hmm. well it's like yeah i guess we could go to sleep but then if we wake up and it's 11 p.m and we've just gotten eight hours yeah, like that's not a good stay idea awake as long right. as you can and go yeah, to bed at a normal good. time <laughs> like, but that whole adjustment experience is very off-putting for me because mm -hmm. i'm the type of person who's if it's daytime, I want to be doing stuff. Mm -hmm. I, and and like I need to wait for it to be dark to be like, oh, okay, good. Now it's it's okay for me to be tired and to not want to do stuff anymore. Yeah. It's so. it's a very strange experience. Okay. So Yeah. So you had mentioned like, oh, wait, we should probably go to sleep. Yeah. So they get shown to their sort of quarters, which is like a giant like community space where there's just okay. like a bunch of beds on the sort of perimeter of this very interesting building in the sense of it's like the walls are covered in these ornate murals and on the murals are sort of interesting scenes depicting either the seasons or some of the rituals that we are sort of yet to observe that occur okay. in this community. Okay got a feeling that they are going to see themselves depicted in these murals keep going 
<laughs> it's not that explicit, but it is, um, you know, it is sort of like, oh, well, we're here in the summer and this is what they do in the summer. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as they're shown around the rest of the uh, community, of course, like any scary movie, it's like there's one building that no one's allowed in. And it's mm. like, you know, that's that's a very special building for like the mm. last ceremony of midsummer and mm. nobody goes back there. <laughs> Which is such a classic, like, oh, okay, cool. Then we'll obviously we'll just respect that, right? Nobody would nobody would go against those mm-hmm. community rules. Fruit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, right. And and yet we know our friends uh that are with Danny and Christian are cultural anthropology students. So they're there to study. So they are asking questions like, can I take pictures? Can I, uh, if I'm, you know, recording events, can I, obviously I, I won't use names much as you and I would if we were mm-hmm. doing case studies or things like that. Um, but it's, there's already this tension between these, uh, particularly Josh and Christian, who are more or less there to study things, and um, Pele and some of the other leaders who are like, you know, uh, you can observe and you can participate, but kind of like chill with the whole, we want to take pictures or we want to see your sacred texts or we want to go in the secret buildings. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you can participate, but don't our, ask any questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of respect our traditions, please. And, you know, okay. and, yeah. So they come from like a be honorable rather than like we're sketchy direction yes because uh even as they start to uh reveal some of these traditions which i'll tell you about uh next they do it from a very much of like a self-reverential like these are our traditions like this is who we are you might find this weird but we've been doing this forever please understand us right Mm -hmm. and along with respecting us like don't try to change us just because you're here to visit yeah, yeah, you're in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and as a side story, real quick, um, it reminds me of when I was in college. I uh, went to Paris, which was my, um, I think, more or less my first like truly international traveling experience. And one of the first restaurants we went to, you know, trying to order something for dinner off a fully French menu, mm-hmm. I saw something that looked like ground beef. And I was like, yeah, I think I should be fine with that. Oh, no. And keep in mind, like, this is so embarrassing because I had taken, you know, four or five years of French at that point. Like, uh-huh. I should have been able to figure some of this stuff out. But I basically ordered, like, the raw beef dish. <gasps> no! Yeah, but being the unaccultured American that I was, I asked them if they could cook it. <laughs> Like they brought it out. Yes. They brought it out. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. And I was like, oh, could you, um, I I might've said like, could you take it, but could you cook it or could, you know, could you do anything? And, uh, they did, but I mean, he was so mad, totally so mad and, and justifiably. So So I could have asked for help. (laughs) Yes. You could have asked for help on the menu. Also, you could have asked for something else right instead of i could have just had had something else instead of yeah and also like you asked if they could cook it and they did so like yeah yeah it's not the like culturally the most Mm -hmm. savvy move however like you wanted cooked beef and you eventually got it and they were annoyed with you and that's okay 
but I still paid and, you yeah. know, and, and, you know. And they talk about the dumb uh, American. Oh, my gosh. I'm <laughs> sure I gave them plenty of ammunition. But oh, yeah. instead of sort of casually uh, acquiescing to this group's um, curiosity, they're very defensive and very protective. It would have been like if this waiter was like, no, you may not ask for this. Which is what I expected to be them cooked. to do. Absolutely. And I would have been, I would have honored that for sure. You would have been like, great, bring me some fries. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Because, so the first sort of cultural event that we see is they have this big dinner and they're clearly honoring two of the elder members of the community. Okay. And a lot of them is like them just speaking Swedish. So you don't know what they're saying or sort of exactly mm -hmm. what's going on because it's from the perspective of these tourists Dang basically Christian, right? yeah so we have dinner and then it's like okay now it's time for uh the ritual and the two elders are sort of brought up on like very nice like ornate chairs and they're taking a trip basically to cliffside area okay and the whole community is at the bottom of the cliff and you know we're we're sort of again from the perspective of of Danny and Christian sort of like oh this is weird like Mm -hmm. what's what are we doing here like what's going on my heart is beating so fast <laughs> how much do you want me to tell you of this <laughs> i mean you just go ahead and tell me and if it's too much okay. i'll stop okay. you but i'm feeling sure. like these two people are going to get thrown off the edge cl the cliff edge <laughs> so <laughs> first we see uh the elder woman walk up to the cliff edge <gasps> and she throws herself off the cliff oh, of course she does she throws herself off and she doesn't make it, nor is she expected to. <laughs> Do you like see her splatter? So the most uncomfortable part of this movie for me, because there were not very many like jump scares. Mm -hmm. um, what they did do quite frequently was, I think, would what generally be referred to as like body horror. Like, mm, yes, so like we're going to... We're going to show you some really gruesome depictions of mm -hmm. what this would actually look like. No. Oh, yes. So you see so, what her body would look like if she hit the ground. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Very much so. <laughs> I just caught my, uh, <laughs> yes. what my video looks <laughs> like. My face is mortified. <laughs> so as you can imagine, uh, Danny and Christian, and um, there's one other like American couple that had also been invited there that we we're introduced oh. to. Okay. They see this woman jump and they're immediately horrified, as yeah. you can imagine. Like, yeah. what is happening? None of them uh -huh. understand. And no one, this has not been explained to them in advance. Yeah. What is Danny's reaction to it? Very much like yours, just sort of like, like <laughs> inaudible. Like, yes, like, like grabbing. what is happening? So as they're all sort of uh, reacting to the woman having jumped, it is the elder man's turn he jumps but he doesn't achieve what i think is meant to be achieved no. by jumping off the cliff what does that mean he basically like breaks his legs Ooh, but he stays uh, alive but he's still alive and this is a horror to the uh commune residents yeah because he has not successfully achieved the ritual right yeah so like what shame they do, and oh no yes. what do they do so what they do when someone doesn't they hit him over the head complete with 
Uh, no, they have like a giant ceremonial hammer. Ah! And right, right through like the face, just like <gasps> right through the face, and like multiple times. Is this one so, of the times when you paused the movie? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, okay. not not like to see it, but like I no, needed to, to like I, to I need stop. to go yeah, oh, wash yeah, yeah. my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And again, like very graphic. Okay, so my my therapeutic response now is that I need to go get therapy. Um, (laughs) Is that Danny has just lost her sister to a suicide, right? Mm -hmm. And then she watches this suicide, I guess. um, Yes, yeah. in, In a unexpected, but like honored way which like i think would be horrifying because just as you're describing it it's uh, you know for westerners this is horrifying yes and so like i think that that would be uh like super hard for her to like process kind of although it's not how her sister died like kind of watching somebody die at their own choice in such a gruesome way there's i feel no way that her brain wouldn't kind of combine those two like almost see that woman as her sister yes and then i guess also like i guess the man technically gets murdered which is kind of her parents yeah Um, or like mercy killing i don't know yep um Mm -hmm. but then also like if she were able to like become comfortable with the situation which i don't think she will at any point but if she were able to like take on this like ritualistic meaning of the culture i think someone Mm -hmm. choosing to take their own life would take on a different emotional narrative for her which could be really healing with regard to her sister however i feel Mm -hmm. that there's nothing healing about this story okay you can go on (laughs) well so it's so interesting though that you said that because as all the Americans, non-residents are freaking out mm-hmm. and like, oh, we have to leave. Like a very natural reaction. Like, I can't, we can't be here. That's how I feel. One of the other village elders <laughs> kind of comes in from the perspective of like, this was an honor for them. Yeah. Just as they... Like, what's it, seppuku in in Japan? Uh, sure, yes. Right, uh, like that's honor, like uh, samurais and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, this was an honor for them, much in the way they looked forward to this day. I too look forward to the day when I mm-hmm. when it's my mm-hmm. turn. Mm-hmm. So the the you know the commune, the village people are all sort of like, on one hand, understanding that hey, we realize this was a lot for you, but on the other hand, just like very calm and defensive of just like this is how we do things here. Like they were very old. Um, they could not contribute to the community in, in any sort of positive way any longer. Mm-hmm. It was their time. Um, and and this is where when I spoke at the beginning of yeah. like marking down like Sweden, paganism, mm-hmm. things like that, like knowing somebody's culture. Col- why did I say that weirdly? <laughs> knowing somebody's culture yes. is really important. So, for example, I think we've talked about this before. Hallucinations, if seen by some Latin American or African cultures, mm-hmm. not associated with mental struggles or mental illness. Nope. However, in our culture, hallucinations very much are. And it's simply cultural programming, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
the separate couple, after sort of observing this, the sort of other Americans that we mm-hmm. briefly get to know, um, the next day they decide that they want to leave. Yeah, they're gone. They're, you know what, this is like, no offense to you guys, but this is not for us. And because... I feel that. Yeah, because <laughs> Christian and Josh are students of culture, they're a little bit quicker to be like, this was weird, but who are we to judge? Like Christian and Josh or Mark and Josh? Basically all of them. I mean, oh, okay. Danny is the most affected. Christian's kind of just like, that was crazy. Yeah. And Josh is very quick to be like, oh, what an interesting ritual they performed yeah. here. <laughs> um, Cheating uh, through and through. Yes. So we sort of see the the variety of reactions that they have. And of course, in the process of the other American couple trying to leave, we do get this sort of vaguely ominous lack of support from the community in allowing them to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, and they basically get separated. So the man, I think, uh, of the couple is like, permitted to go get a car from the community okay and it's like oh and then uh the girl finds out that he was allowed to go get a car into the community she's like oh well why didn't he tell me or why didn't and it's just like oh well i'm sure he'll be back basically he disappears oh no do we ever find him and then she disappears um subsequently but they tell josh and christian and and danny that oh he came back and got her and they left Meanwhile, we never see any of that happen. So there's this vibe of like, well, do we just trust you that this is what happened? Or is it like, oh, that's weird. Well, we didn't really know them that well anyway. Mm -hmm. Hope they get home okay. Are they already starting to kind of question the like trustworthiness of the community when this happens? Not really. Okay. So they have no reason to question that this is what happened, right? So. The, the last time I watched a scary – well, the last time I intentionally watched a scary movie, I watched uh, What Lies Beneath. Mm, sure. And in that movie, the um, the bathroom starts like steaming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't go in it. Don't go in it. Don't go in it. And my friend was like, wouldn't you go in if your bathroom was steaming? And I was like, <laughs> not if I knew I was in a horror movie. And the reason I tell <laughs> right. that story is because I think that that's really speaking to like – as you're watching this, you're like, oh, did that happen? Did they not happen? But you have the perspective of, I know what I'm mm-hmm. getting myself into. These characters don't yet. Like, currently, they have no reason to believe that there's anything kind of sketchy going on. And so, yeah. you know, if I was at a totally not sketchy hotel and people I didn't know were gone and the hotel manager said like oh yeah they they rented a car and left last night i would be like oh okay cool and i'd move on so yeah and that's basically yeah. what we see from danny and christian is they 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 give one of those cursory like oh that's weird that they didn't say goodbye but then it's but like we don't really know him out yeah. of sight out of mind yeah. yeah yeah okay so we that's the sort of tone that we're getting shifted into though is weird things are starting there to are some weird things about this place yeah mm-hmm. So subsequently, we see the group start to make unwise decisions in subsequent fashion. So Mm -hmm. a good example of this is uh, Mark, who is clearly the worst of the group. He's just like, he's like kind of like a frat bro. He's kind of, you know, she needs to be in therapy, but like in a negative way. Mm -hmm. This has been his tone the whole time, like annoyed that he couldn't hang out in the city and meet the Swedish girls, like all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So the morning after the 
initial ritual. They're basically walking around and he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. So he goes number one on like the sacred tree. Oh, no. (laughs) Basically, it's like a, a dead tree that had been left to die because it is also where they like bury their elders. Mm hmm. And he's, you know, taking a piss on the tree Mm -hmm. and the other elders sort of see him doing this and freak the heck out. Oh, yeah. How could you do this? This is a desecration. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're getting a lot of this translated in in, uh, subtitles, but... But, you know, we... we, It's it's Because he didn't know, right? Well, he didn't know. Okay. And Pele, the friend who invited them all here, is kind of like, hey, just like walk away. Like, I'll try to take care of this. Mm -hmm. But it's clear that like Mark is on their is he's on the list. (laughs) Yeah, the list (laughs) of of, like we have we have our eye on you. Like Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of ominous scenes where now Mark just like feels like people are watching him at all times, which Mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. And then at I guess the next night's dinner, one of the young ladies just sort of invites Mark to, uh, I want to go show you some things. And Mark... In kind of like an enticing way? Yes. Okay. Very much so. And Mark is, uh, because we know him, he was sort of interested in the possibility of hooking up or just sort of like... He's like, finally. She's going to go show me some things. Like, great, (laughs) I'm out of here. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Yeah, like this guy's staring (laughs) at me. I get away from him. I go with her. And Mark is never seen alive again. After that, I'm alive? going away. He's never seen that alive. Means he's seen dead. Uh, yes. Oh, so, bye, Mark. Yeah. Well, you know that's a very classic like horror trope, is yeah. right. Like you opened the devil book, you know, you recited mm-hmm. the lines, or you you know crossed the line, or you did whatever you did the thing. So now you're the first one to go. Yeah. And we actually, it's interesting because we don't see Mark murdered. What we do see is, and this is the the sort of next bad decision, is Josh is, you know, trying to get more information for his study and his Mm -hmm. thesis that he's doing, right? And he's been given a lot of access. He's talking to the elders about their sacred books. And then um, he asks them, oh, he's like, oh, you know, could I take pictures? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So Josh makes the unwise horror movie decision of sneaking out in the middle of the night and taking some cell phone pictures of the sacred book. Yeah. Don't and, do the thing in the horror yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do anything you're not, you're not, you're told not to do. Um, and while he is taking pictures, you know, classic horror movie trope, we kind of see someone shuffling. That's also in the sacred building that, you know, he didn't know mm-hmm. about. And he sort of, hears hears a noise mm-hmm. and he turns around and he's like, Oh, Mark, like you scared the <gasps> hell out of it. me. And, it's just Mark's face on someone else's body. <laughs> Isn't that face off? Isn't that that Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah. Yes. Wait, but hold on. Like, Is uh, it like they've like removed yeah. the skin? Yes, 100%. Yes. Okay. Mark has been skinned and whoever has snuck up on Josh uh, is just is wearing, wearing Mark, Mark. Uh, for oh, the season. God. Yes. <laughs> for the season. Um, <laughs> and as josh is sort of like horrified by what he's seeing uh he gets the ceremonial hammer to the head okay so he gets killed in that moment too that is that is enough of that's basically the last we see of josh 
Okay. So things so are yeah, happening my, very quickly my now. My mind went yes. to curiosity of like, what would it be like mm-hmm. to have a traumatic experience like that, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't get to experience yes. the trauma really because he He doesn't. Um, it's very brief uh, for him. He is uh, dispatched as a result of his dispatched. inappropriately... <laughs> I'm just trying to find a lot of words to use kind words to describe. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get the chance to experience the loss. Mm-hmm. But as this is happening sort of overnight, um, what we do find the next morning is Danny and Christian are like, where are Mark and Josh? Mm-hmm. And what we do know is that, I guess, in over the course of Josh's actions, he had actually stolen a separate holy book so they sort of make an announcement to the community like this book has been stolen if you see it or if you know where it is like please return it we won't harm you or anything mm-hmm. um and it's sort of alluded to that because josh and mark are missing either they took it together at least this is the story they're telling mm-hmm. danny and christian mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. either they took it together um or and ran off for whatever decisions they're making but they're missing for all intents and mm-hmm. purposes. Like we don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. At least Danny and Christian don't know where they are. I was gonna say we know we, that they're we dead. know that they are okay. both no longer with us. Yes. So now we're aware that things are definitely off. They're still not totally aware. Correct. And um it's tough because because of the way they as partly because of the way it's this is filmed and the sort of very much like the cultural study perspective. Mm-hmm. It's very much like um, as soon as it's like, oh, that's so weird. We don't know where Josh and Mark are. It's just like, okay, anyway, back to today's activities. Um, <laughs> you know, Danny, you're going off with the women to cook meat pies and Christian. Um, you're They're gonna... off to cook meat pies? Yes. No. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes she is. And Christian, you're off to meet with some of the village elders. And it's at this point that we start to see, you would think, oh, well, it's just just Danny and Christian left. Like, this is their chance to kind of form a bond and sort of, mm-hmm. but it's the opposite is actually happening. The uh, It was Danny's birthday over the course of the couple of days that they were mm-hmm. there. And um, he forgot. Well, he like made a little flower necklace for her. Um, oh, that's nice. And you know, yeah, he did, he did something sort of small and symbolic, but like the, uh, Pele, the friend who invited, mm-hmm. uh, her there, um, actually wished her happy birthday first. Um, and then like gave her this beautiful, like hand drawn portrait of her that he had made for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was sort of like, Oh, you know, Christian hasn't even done anything yet. And mm-hmm. then, so then in comparison, what Christian did sort of felt like, small potatoes like in comparison yeah Yeah. so there's this tension between them where it's like do you even want to be with me on this trip do you even like because much in the way the girls had sort of picked off mark Mm -hmm. there is this also this uh girl within the community who's sort of been like periodically teasing uh christian in like a flirty um, way. Yes, very much so. I think that so. was in the trailer. Yeah, she sort of kicks yeah. him and like mm-hmm. looks at him as she goes by, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that when so when they're split up, Danny goes off with the women to cook. Uh, Christian is brought to the elders because the elders have granted Christian permission to mate uh, with this maiden okay. girl 
who has, you know, identified him as the, you know, person, person she wants, she wants to, to lose with. her virginity to, basically. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. Yes. So let's let's kind of explore a, a therapy <laughs> yeah, topic there. here for a second. <laughs> yeah. So yes. when they mm-hmm. get separated for the meat pies and the elders. <laughs> yes, yes. Are yes. they like, do they just move on from the fact that their friends are missing? Are they just kind of like, okay, well, this is weird, but off to our activities. Kind of. Okay. So I don't think that humans would do that. So I agree with you. This is when we're into like, we're into a horror movie fully yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think that that's something that like, if I had watched it, you and I would have discussed, no, nobody's just going to be like, oh, okay, my friends are missing. Well, let's go off cooking. There would be more questions. There'd be more concern. Mm-hmm. There'd be more, we need answers. We need to find them. Are they on the same page of kind of like, this is fine. Let's just move on. Or is like one of them good. The other one, not so good. Um, I would say they're both kind of, so partially part of it is Christian is sort of annoyed that they are being accused of having stolen this book. So he, not knowing Josh is dead, is mm-hmm. like, I can't believe Josh stole that book and is like off getting all the good material ah, okay. for his thesis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is a natural reaction. And he's very sort of defensive of himself and his friends, but also like, I'm not affiliated with Josh. Like if he did this, like, please don't blame Danny and I, we are trying to be very respectful. Okay. So it's depending on how, uh, malevolent we see this community as like to sort of accuse them as part of it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of brings them in. Right. If we think about, uh, gaslighting and some of this stuff, like in dysfunctional relationships, like accusations can be mm-hmm. very much be a, a way right of yeah. being like no i would never do that i love you or i yeah. care so much about you i would never hurt you that way mm-hmm. so instead of me being mad at you for accusing me i'm actually now i'm moving closer to you to like uh comfort Protect. you yeah. yes yeah 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 and that's exactly the dynamic that we're seeing is uh-huh. they make a little show of like Pele and his brother are often going to, they're going to go look for Josh. Uh-huh. So while they're going to look for him, why don't you guys go off and you go with the women and, and Christian, you go and mm-hmm. meet the elders and, you know, do more of your anthropological study stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the separation happens and, you know, we, the audience knows I mean, they're in danger. It's hard to mm-hmm. hard to feel like anything else, but like they are going to be picked off one by one at this point, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, and this is a sort of piece of the puzzle that I haven't sort of shared with you yet. Part of the ritual of Midsummer is mm-hmm. the sort of anointing of a May Queen, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it's basically around the Maypole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, they every. 90 years or however often they have this ceremony mm-hmm. it ends with the crowning of the may queen mm-hmm. so while danny is um making meat pies and and kind of connecting really with the women mm-hmm. you know they're telling her about this and how it's so great that she's there and and she's starting to dress like them and and mm-hmm. uh, and really sort of learn about the culture okay so i have to know is the meat pies josh and <laughs> and so Mark? so it's a great question because that's what i assumed we were going to get was like yeah. the classic, like you find a tooth or you find a yeah, this, you uh-huh. find a that. So uh, later that night when they're eating, yeah, Christian takes a bite of his meat pie and it's it's actually hair from the girl <gasps> who is trying to mate with him. Basically, no. yeah. Um, 
not hair and, from your head. <laughs> oh, okay. But she's so, still alive. Uh, oh, yeah. No, the, oh, okay. the girl that's trying to mate with him. Basically, yeah, yeah. it's implied that this is sort of like a love spell, yeah, more okay. or less. It's yeah, like, yeah. this is sort of something that they do when you're courting someone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Christian even says to the elder, like, I think she put some of her hair in my meat mm-hmm. pie. And, mm-hmm. and the elder woman is like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, she's like, <laughs> like well, yes, she's trying to sleep with you. <laughs> like, that's what that's what we do here. And, and Christian's just like, oh, oh, OK. Oh, sure. Yummy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so this is like the sort of fateful last dinner, right? Because we're sort of really getting to the end of the movie. There's only two characters that we care about left. Mm-hmm. Um and they have this dinner, and then it's time for the crowning of the May Queen. So the way mm-hmm. that they do that is they have all the women drink this psychedelic tea is sort of what it's implied to be. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, herbs and stuff ground up, but there's definitely either mushrooms or some this sort of... This just sounds like nine perfect strangers. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but in a commune in Sweden. Yeah, rather than a commune in L.A., yeah, exactly. Um, but basically, they dance around the maypole um, mm-hmm. until there's only one girl left dancing, and mm-hmm. she is crowned the May Queen. Mm-hmm. And they stop so dancing because be- they get tired, or because they get picked off, or like how? Yeah. No. So basically, the the way that the dance moves is it like it's in concentric circles. So yeah. they get dizzy, or or Got they it. bump okay. into each other, and it's very like innocent and playful. Um, Typical maypole. Yeah. Yeah, aside from the fact that of like the story that they tell before they begin the dance is like thousands of years ago, uh, the man in black came to this community and the women all danced in response and they danced long enough that they banished him or whatever. And so it's mm-hmm. like sort of this sort of dark piece of like, you're going to dance until you can't do anything else like you're just sort of in a a state Clients. of yeah. yeah 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 okay so as danny is drinking this tea and now hallucinating as you can imagine mm-hmm. um one of the interesting things is they sort of echo some of her first hallucinogenic experience you know she sees seeing some innocent things but she's also she's probably seeing josh and mark's faces on other people's bodies um, no no actually it's it's, it's very <laughs> They very much are changing the tone of the experience, and I think this is this is where this is headed now. Which is, mm. is this actually healing for Danny? Oh, okay. Because she's connecting with some of these women. She's laughing. She's smiling. She's dancing. Um, she's not, in fact, having um, these sort of scary flashbacks, and she's like fully in the moment, right? Okay. Of the. Yeah. The dance. Mm-hmm. So much so that she actually wins. So she is crowned May Queen. Mm-hmm. And they have a grand May Queen crowning ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that is going on, Christian is led off to... Black. <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess eventually. But no, Christian is led off in a path of flowers to the young maiden oh. who is presenting herself to him yes (laughs) who is ready to complete her ceremony more or less with him and earlier on he had also been given some of the hallucinogenic tea so Mm. his 
capacity for resistance to influence is much reduced. And he's Mm -hmm. sort of just like similar to Danny, like in a trance of his own. He's just sort of like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is where I go. Okay, you're sending me here. Up until this point, is he intrigued and curious by this young maiden? Or is he like, nope, got a girlfriend, keep your distance? Or is he like putting on a show that he wants distance because Danny's watching, but he's actually curious and interested? So I think because of the tension that had been established between the two of them, he's making a little bit of a show of, oh, like, that's nice that she has a crush on me or she's putting Mm -hmm. the spell on me. Like, that's nice for this cultural Mm -hmm. thing, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Okay. But over the course of losing his friends and then Mm -hmm. Danny is gone from him over the course of this day. Mm Mm-hmm. He uh, is just sort of sucked in. He starts wearing the clothes. So he's wearing like a ceremonial robe. Mm -hmm. And then he's drinking the tea. And, you know, all these sorts of things are happening where it feels like he is, I guess you could either say like totally checked out in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, are you fully present to what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. Or he's just sort of so, I guess you could say acclimated, that he's just not questioning anything okay. that's just oh this is my path okay i'll walk these this path of flowers like okay. oh okay drink this tea like mm-hmm. okay if you say so he follows through on the ritual with mm-hmm. the uh with the young girl and there are also other women as part of this ritual just sort of like cheering them on more or less <laughs> okay. as it's, it's basically your I mean, face it's basically when you have to a, say that i know it's, so, it's such a weird thing to Feel like you have well, it's to like that describe, old, but like the old um, English traditions in like or in like French traditions yes. in monarchies, where like there people would watch yes. the consummation of the marriage. So exactly right, and okay. and that's what uh, this is being depicted as, as particularly like a fertility mm-hmm. ceremony, mm-hmm. Um, because it's been sort of pointed out over the course of them being there that it's like, oh, this is sort of a small community. Like, is there? incest is there inbreeding Uh, intentional uh, or otherwise and they're sort of like yeah it happens but we also find a way to and they literally say like inject new blood oh god (laughs) um and it's like said in a way of very like in passing like you're like oh inject new blood like how do you get new blood into the Uh and it's like this is how um (laughs) and this is how they do it um and after the ceremony is completed Christian finally comes out of his trance mm-hmm. um, and he's now horrified at what he has sort of been, I guess the degree to which he's been in control of himself over the past several hours is in okay. question. So there is a question um, of consent. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, okay. he's sort of like, even as you're watching him in the course of the ceremony, like, mm-hmm. He's sort of like in a in a I think a trance is a good way to describe it because he's not really present to what's mm-hmm. happening. It's yeah, more happening okay. to him than it is yeah. happening yeah. with his own intent. So he's now horrified. He's running around. He's naked. He's looking for refuge. He's looking for Danny. He's looking for anyone. Uh-huh. He goes into the chicken coop, which is like, oh, this seems like a good place for me to hide. Mm-hmm. And what does he happen upon? Uh, like any good horror movie is like. This Josh was in Mark's bodies. <laughs> um, no, he <laughs> happens upon our first American friend uh, that oh, we were told that we were told got a rental car and and left. Just the guy, though. Just the guy. Um, 
But Haley, when I tell you that this is one of the most pecking at him, this is one of the most disturbing, like body horror scenes I've ever witnessed. Because Um, the chickens have been pecking at him. Well, that's happening. But the, I I mean, again, I don't know how much you want to say. It's just go for it. The way that they have him strung up um, is. So, so shocking. Okay, so it, there is talking about like medieval times. There is like I don't know if you're familiar with this. There's like a very old, horrifying form of torture that they the did wheel? to people. No, oh. this was like um, they would. I don't remember what it's called. I think they did it on Game of Thrones too. Basically, they like fl- uh, take your back of you off. Oh, okay. And did you almost say they filleted you? <laughs> did you almost uh, say yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I did almost say they filleted you. Because they do. They sort of, they, you know, more or less yeah, open them up from off. behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, remove the rear of his rib cage and pull out his lungs as like <gasps> wings. But the lungs <clears throat> are, are still inflating and deflating. Oh, my gosh. Suggesting that he's like still potentially So alive. he is still... To some degree, alive. Okay. But not alive, obviously. I mean, yeah, because he would have bled out. By yeah. That point. But horrifying, horrifying. Um, so he, Christian, naturally freaks out. And because the members have seen him enter this place, they, know they uh, capture him. They blow a mysterious red dust in his face that makes him pass out. And that's the last we see of Christian for a little bit. Oh, okay. Because now they can't leave it like that. (laughs) No, they don't. Because now they bring us back to Danny, who is May Queen, and she is accepting and enjoying many of the aspects of this crowning. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, she's getting portraits of her, and they're taking pictures, and she's blessing the crops, and she's doing all of these things. Um, And while she's doing this, she does ask, like. Oh, what's going on in that building um, mm-hmm. where she hears, uh, let's say, Christian ceremony occurring? Oh, okay. And they're like, oh, that's not for you. You don't want to go over there. And she's like, well, uh, no, I, I do. Like, I'm, I'm going to go over there. So she looks into the keyhole mm-hmm. and she sees her boyfriend engaged in mm-hmm. non-very boyfriend activities. <laughs> So she goes from boyfriend activities to someone else. (laughs) Yes. She goes, uh, she goes from this like very happy, uh, feeling good place to this sort of horrified. I can't believe my boyfriend is doing this. Um, again, out of her own trance in many ways Mm -hmm. place runs back to her bedroom. And this is like one of the more iconic scenes of the, the movie is, She's just kind of scream crying. Mm -hmm. And all of the other women have sort of followed her in. And they start scream crying along with her. And it is fascinating. It's fascinating because this is an emotional reflection. Mm -hmm. So they are experiencing her sadness and her pain. And they are reflecting it back to her, experiencing it back to her. And you see her face sort of become conscious of their reflection. 
and, and relax. Something shifts for her. And she like kind of relaxes or like releases yes. it. So I feel yes. like that would totally happen, right? Like that's yes. diffusion, which basically in, in act is like creating a separation between you and your emotional experience and not a mm-hmm. separation in terms of like not experiencing it anymore, but like yeah. experiencing it from a distance rather than getting caught up in it. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of like when my when my niece or nephew throw a tantrum, sometimes I'll like whine or tantrum back at them mm, until they yeah. stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so like to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I think that's how that would go. And, and you know, again, from like our therapist view, seeing this extreme form of validation happen in this context, but then also be working is like, whoa, where are we going with Danny now? What, where does she go from here? Right. Mm-hmm. And she has this sort of emotional catharsis. She releases so much of this pain and, and now it's turning to anger as she sort of releases the sadness of the loss, more or less, of this person. Yes. Okay. Because the next scene that we see is uh, the sort of final ritual, Mm -hmm. which is basically Danny as the May Queen is on a stage and the uh, community sort of reveals to Danny, mostly, I mean, but they're also sort of talking to the audience, like, uh, this is how this is what we do as part of this midsummer is like we sacrifice nine people basically. Uh Oh, we're too short currently. Exactly. Good <laughs> counting. Yes. We're exactly too short. So with the last two, they get one volunteer from the community. One person yeah. that just says, I volunteer to be the last sacrifice mm-hmm. from our community. And then the may queen gets to pick number nine. Okay. She gets to pick between Christian who at this point is in a wheelchair, completely paralyzed, unable to speak or move because of whatever weird dust they blew in his face. Okay. Um, and she can see that he's like that? Yes. Okay. Um, or just this other community member that basically got picked out by random, like a bingo <laughs> like mm-hmm. ball that rolled out. I was like, uh-huh. this is the other community member that you could also pick from this guy who you don't know. <laughs> And Florence Pugh's acting in the sort of climax of this movie is incredible because you see her experience this waves of different emotion where you can tell like she's realizing she's the only one left. (laughs) These people who obviously she knew, you know, she knew um, Josh and Mark to a certain extent and and she knows Pele, who's the person that brought them there. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously she knows Christian, but Christian has just done this thing, as far as she's concerned, like to her. She's cheated on. He's cheated mm-hmm. on her. Okay. So they're asking her to choose. And you don't see her say him or Christian. Mm-hmm. All you see is her face looking at him with like contempt and disdain and like but it's it's framed she's in this ridiculous may queen outfit so she's just covered head to toe in flowers mm-hmm. but she has this look on her face of like uh, i hate you betrayal really yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then we jump cut to them wheeling christian into the forbidden building mm-hmm. and that is where we see that the last part of the ritual is that this building gets lit on fire. Oh, okay. Very Burning Man. From the perspective of Christian, who slowly comes out of his paralysis, 
he is burned to death along with all the bodies of all the other people that have perished so far. Oh my goodness. And the closing shot of this movie is Danny's face going from despair and anger to a sort of a weird smile. Hmm. And that's where we end. end. So that's our time Midsummer. for today. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. So interesting. My reaction is that at some point I kind of said experiencing these things will either be re-traumatizing or if she can like reframe how she engages with them, mm-hmm. it'll become healing in a way, mm-hmm. which is kind of what they're suggesting. However, because it's a horror movie – they are relying on us as the viewers to have a very specific set of like morals mm-hmm. and expectations and hopes for her as a person that we are like actually in our minds are like, well, she's not healed. She just made it worse. Right. Sure. <laughs> and I think that like that really mirrors. And I was thinking this as you were talking, but I was so entranced in the story yeah, that I didn't sure. want to interrupt you, which also happens in therapy. Yeah. Um, but I have this, I had this thought that we have to be really careful as therapists to not assume value. Mm. Right. And so like, yeah. So, for example, there was like a time when it to me, it was like, is she going to choose to stay with them or is she going to return with Christian? Like, I kind of wondered mm-hmm. if that was going to be the storyline. Yeah, the yeah. totally reasonable assumption, but it's never even brought up. Yeah. It all sort of happens so fast. Yeah. And they explicitly say as they're sort of crowning her, like, you're our sister now. Yeah. And you're sort of half expecting her to kind of like come out of it in that moment of like, whoa, wait a second. Oh my gosh. Like, no, no, I, I, I have a family, you know? Um, Yeah. She's looking for a family. Yes. And And she felt betrayed by Christian who could have been her family. Sure. And so they, so my question for you was like, as I started to see it, like she was, you you were describing like, she's laughing, she's engaged, she feels connected. My question was going to be like, is it sustainable? So oftentimes when we are in grief or change or or seeking something, we'll kind of grasp the first thing that promises that, mm-hmm. even if it's not sustainable. And that's a very natural like fear-based response of like, I just so badly want a family. I will take on anybody who's willing to call me their family. And yeah. actually that's how a lot of like cult thinking happens. But also, in this sense, it almost seems like it is sustainable for her, but they want us to have this opinion about how it's still bad for her. And I don't know if we can – I mean, I can decide that because I think it's stupid that they kill people. But, like, we don't know that we can decide that for <laughs> for her. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, right. So, it's like – we don't know, obviously, and I think it's intentionally vague. Like, is she just, like, totally disconnected from her previous life and now is, like, lost in this community? And is that just going to be her life? You know, because she literally goes from... And and to be fair, as she's watching Christian be burned alive, she is crying, right, initially. She sobs, mm-hmm. right? But it's this transition as this is happening that feels very much like 
acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't quite know how deep that acceptance goes. Yeah, because it's a movie. Yeah, but I think it's, it's so interesting because, you know, I, I think back to, you know, similar college experiences or people that I know that did travel abroad and things like that. And it's like, yeah, like, I think I just want to move there. I think I just want to live there permanently. Mm-hmm. And this is like the horror movie version of that where it's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I just like I really grew to love the culture. And mm-hmm. I just think, you know, I, I want to that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And Danny's not explicitly saying that, but we are watching her move through her trauma in such a unique way um, that I think we're we're led to think that it's possible Danny could just stay that this is oh yeah this is a new family for she's her. now the May Queen yeah she's now the May Queen for um, the next 90 years yeah, yeah sure <laughs> yeah so so I let off um before we started talking about this movie um I was talking to you about how it didn't need to be a horror movie mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that there's also like a really interesting movie underneath all of the murder um yeah. Where it's like, what if this was a movie that was just explicitly about a breakup? Um, mm-hmm. And it, I mean, and you know, you could even take Danny's trauma out, which obviously sort of informs a lot of the plot development. But I just think it would be really interesting in general of seeing a relationship sort of drift apart in a culture outside of its own. Uh huh. I just think it's really interesting and very common. So absolutely. So an example that I will often give in this regard is I think there are tons of couples and marriages that would have survived if COVID shutdowns had never happened. Totally agree. And there were these people who had a very healthy, balanced relationship within the context of a culture that allowed them to go off and travel and do their activities and have their own friends. Independently, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. um, together but independently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as the culture changed and they – were on top of each other all the time. It brought out aspects of the relationship that no longer worked. Yep. And I think that that's a very common thing is that like context will change behavioral patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's midsummer, and uh, it's a it's a wild ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. So having described this movie to you, obviously. There are only a couple of scenes in which you were, you know, perhaps literally Physically, horrified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's why it's so interesting because it to me, the reason I think I like this kind of horror movie mm-hmm. is that the moments of horror, while terrible, mm-hmm. were actually couched in this like very interesting cultural study. Which is yeah. such a weird well, like. So the story itself thing. sounds but, great. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. If yeah. you took out all yeah. of the like her seeing her dead sister and wearing other yeah. people's face and yeah, breathing know, lungs and yeah, sure. smashed people. Like if yeah. you took that all out of it, it's probably something that I would watch because it's not mm-hmm. creepy otherwise. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So, but I think the fact that, you know, obviously they made it into a horror movie is um, one of the reasons also that it got such uh, a passionate response from people is that a lot of people really love this movie in part because of the way it is a different type of horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So on a scale from zero to five meat pies, mm. how accurately do you think they portrayed like the human experience? 
So Danny's trauma in particular, I thought was handled pretty well. So we had flashbacks. We had, well, all which I thought were handled, you know, obviously the horror elements of it, like seeing your dead sister in the mirror. Uh, not to say that that couldn't or doesn't happen I was in say real that life. Definitely happens it's in sort traumatic of, loss. Absolutely. It definitely um, but can it's, happen it's, it's very much done loss. in a horror camera yeah. of mm-hmm. like, they're right behind you, yeah. it, just the way they looked when yeah. they died mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so so parts of that obviously were were framed a little bit more differently than they might happen in real life. But mm-hmm. the the traumatic response, I think, was handled really well. Mm-hmm. You know, the relationship dynamics, I think we identified or felt the most unrealistic. Like, oh, my friends are not here. Uh, okay, if you say so. Like, that's mm-hmm. weird. Um, I think a lot of that felt like, well, this is a horror movie. Like, that's how people get separated. They're moving and the plot bad things along. Happen to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think outside of that, like horror movie trope stuff, like knocking one character off at a time, you know, all the characters felt pretty grounded and and accurately portrayed. So in terms of out of one to five meat pies, pretty good. I would probably say like four one, like there were definitely some interpersonal dynamic things that were forced because it was a horror movie. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, I thought it was really well done. Okay. Do you think they reacted appropriately to the crazy stuff that was happening? Uh, Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, the the scene, the first time that you see them react to the person jumping off the cliff, Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't imagine it happening any other way. Like, you know, if you go from, oh, what is this weird ceremony we're we're watching to that person just jumped off a cliff to their death and that other person just jumped off a cliff and now they're being mercy killed yeah. uh like there's no other way to react than the abject horror i think mm-hmm. than that was uh was acutely displayed okay, yeah. okay. so yeah. despite being like a intentionally crazy movie the way they portrayed the human experience is actually pretty accurate yes i would say so cool yeah that's pretty wonderful yeah i mean the, you know I, I think people might have things to say about swedish paganism and like this is this is not an accurate representation of like people don't actually maybe do this in the real world i would guess yeah right but other than that i think i think yeah i thought it was very well done well and like i don't know specifically about sweden but Mm -hmm. they're historically like human self-sacrifice and human sacrifice during festivals is actually fully human experience in, in history and probably still today in, in some cultures. Oh, yeah. So, right. So yeah. it's obviously based in uh, reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's sort of jarring for it is that we as the audience kind of know that it's possible that there are still culturals that do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then in terms of entertainment, I can't really ask you how entertaining it was for me to tell you this story, but... Um, yeah, it gets can... a negative five either way. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm not going to you know, see it. I'm never going to enjoy even, it. It's, it's hard for me to describe how entertaining a horror movie is. I think for me, it's like almost like on a scale of zero to five times I had to pause the movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, which would, for me, I think be like four out of five pauses. Okay. I paused it a decent amount of times uh-huh. where I like needed to collect myself and you can imagine which times those were based uh, on yeah. description. <laughs> I yes, I had to pause myself. <laughs> yes, that's right. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think that this actually cuz for a while I was sitting here being like, well, I'm actually not asking that many questions and I'm not making that mm. many observations. However, 
I think this actually really portrays how a first session often goes because oftentimes a first session, a person comes and they're like, here's my whole life story, right? And my job in that session is to clarify, Mm -hmm. is to understand, is to make some personal observations that I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily bring up in that session. Um, And I feel like we did that here. Now, one thing I will say is I had very explicit external reactions to the things sure. that you were sharing. Right. Um, I, in a first session particularly, would likely not have those reactions in the same way. However, yeah. I do work in a very relational way. And so when I feel an emotional reaction to something and I feel that it is therapeutically okay or validating for me to have a reaction yeah. to it, I do. I absolutely do. Right. Because sure. modern therapy tends to be more human, I think. Um, so yeah, I think this yeah. was a pretty, yeah. for us, I think it was a pretty accurate metaphor of how an initial Well, and they also goes. tend to go long, right? Yeah. <laughs> a 90-minute <laughs> yes. intake. intake sessions often, often longer, <laughs> yes, than, yeah. uh, than your average session. So, you know, I think... Um, I think there was sort of in some ways like no other way for us to do it than for me to in many ways like literally retell you the story. Mm -hmm. So if we were to do this again, you know, maybe I'd edit out some of the points, but I I think it was important for us to break down the the sort of themes and the ways that things were portrayed. And I I don't think there's another way to do that other than me literally telling you like, well, this is what was happening. This is the plot. Um, Yeah. yeah. So... I had fun. I enjoyed um, it too. Give us feedback. Like if there's things that you wish yes. we would have done differently, um, let us know. Like I enjoyed this and I would love to do it again if people find it interesting. So please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Yes, we would love and appreciate that um, because we'd be happy to keep kind of experimenting with the format if people are okay hearing us talk for an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for listening and following and um, at Pop Psych 101. Bye. Bye.